Good afternoon. This is Glenn Andrews. Glenn's Word. Heroes and Kings. I'm still here. It is September 2nd, 2023. I was going to do this on September 1st. And for me, it's a, it's a feel, it's a vibe, it's a frequency for me to plug up the microphone to the phone, set the tripod out and just come from the top of the dome, come from my heart. Let it flow. I made it. August 20th, 2023. Born August 20th, 1963. 60 years old. 10 toes down. No health issues. Still hitting the gym, still riding a bike, still creating, still being the best human being, best black man, best husband, best father, best son, best nephew, best cousin, best neighbor, best coworker, best boss, best trainer, best coach, best mentor, best ear just the best of everything and there's been a few times this year the last eight months I wanted to come in and just chime in on what I've observed in a in a week in a month and it's everything that has taken place. 2023 and and my perspective of it and my thoughts and I'm kind of glad I waited and just really have come to this day to say what I want to say and just put my thoughts out into the universe like most and I shouldn't say like most but I'm observing everything with artificial intelligence chat GPT the economy the election or the coming of the election the politics the education the state of Florida state of Texas all 50 states the fire in Hawaii the storms the storms that have come over the last tropical storms and hurricanes that have come over the last 10-15 years and some communities still haven't returned this game this I wouldn't even call it a game. 
this strategy of racist individuals in this place we call the United States playing with people's lives and I don't want to call it a game wanting to erase not even erase history but to just clean swipe all that has taken place in the last 400 years and not teach it to kids going forward <laughs> as I'm as I'm thinking about it I'm thinking of that, that the movie with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson that court scene where they going going to I think it's Jack Nicholson you can't handle the truth and that's where this country is especially the racist individuals the, I, I would dare say the racist individuals don't even know the truth or know a bit of the truth and then there's some who support them in this system that if everyone died with this system <laughs> I dare say the racism, the classism and the sexism would still exist so for me I've never looked at it as supremacy I always looked at it as inferiority and I will continue have that perspective I don't think all men or all human beings are created equal as the constitution states it there are some who walk this planet who are better human beings more compassionate have more joy have more goodness have more self control have more kindness, patience, peace, joy, love than others. And I would dare say that it has gotten to a point where it's easy to identify someone who who looks Caucasian and filled with hate but I think the insidiousness of hate and racism as it is this thing that orbits and circles this globe is there are individuals who look just like me, who if you look at them, they look black, but the things that come out of their mouth, they're just as hateful as someone who is non, who is just a racist and hateful a bigot therein lies they don't even like themselves and wish they were something other than who they are and 
I'm intelligent to know that that is part of the programming. 400 years of programming. I quit watching TV. Don't read too much of the news and the things I see on the internet because it's not even journalism anymore. Basically, it's biased bullshit. And I'm intelligent enough to, when I read something, I go and read who this person is. And then, then it gives me a better understanding of how they write and what they see. Then, I'm looking at what's happening from a relationship relationship standpoint of African-American men and African-American women. But I think this is happening across the board with men and women when you look at the feminist movement and Me Too and and everything else that's going on. Uh, I forget her name. She (laughs) said that she wouldn't date a bus driver. And I'm watching another little snippet of a real And the young lady said the guy came to her apartment and it was going to be a first date. And the guy was driving a Toyota Camry. (laughs) So she had a problem with the kind of car he was driving. And I'm looking at this woman who's probably like she's close to 200 something pounds. Wearing a weave and a whole bunch of makeup. But she's calling herself a boss chick. And this guy pulls up in a Toyota and that's not good enough. Or that's not what you want. That's not good enough for her. And I'm just like, wow, is, is this is this where where it is? This this what it has come to? Cause it's not new. It's not new. When I left California to come here from school some 30 some odd years ago. All my buddies, we all worked out, dressed kind of nice. We were just starting to get what we call decent vehicles. We drive around in new Datsun 280Zs, Camaros, 5.0 Mustangs, Porsches even, Mercedes. I had buddies that were in that life. And I realized then how when you pull up in a Porsche, how people treat you differently Then when you pull up in a Toyota Corolla and the sense of irony that I've always gotten from that. As a car guy, I find it, I find the irony in it. I've built hot rods, built four-wheel drive, pre-runners, and I can tell the, the difference in the sound between a Dodge V8, Chevrolet V8, Dodge V10, Ford V8, in between a supercharged engine and a turbocharged engine. I even know the sound of an air-cooled Porsche versus the new water-cooled Porsche. I know the sound of a Harley. I don't know the sounds of the Yamaha, Suzuki, and Honda motorcycles that well. I I had a stint on motorcycles, but I didn't get into it like I was getting into it with cars. And 
Kevin Samuels passing just about over a little over a year ago started a conversation and a lot, many got upset with the messenger versus the message many who I thought understood where the message was coming from kind of shocked me who I thought was some what I consider some real G's some alphas and they showed <laughs> what I would call their simp or beta sensibilities and something I picked up on as well when I graduated from Morehouse and resume was out there. I was working through temp services. I was working with Chemical Bank at the time, who then became Chase Bank. And I remember interviewing with the Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank. And I don't remember what the position was specifically. I know it was something with... uh, housekeeping and maybe moving money around or moving something around down in the basement. I don't kind of, it kind of slipped me with the job I applied for, but I just remember being interviewed by a white woman, a white guy. And then I was interviewed by the black woman. And oddly enough, the interview with the two Caucasian HR folks, I thought went well, but the interview with the black woman I could feel the disdain. And at the time, I didn't know what, what, what that, what my intuition and what my vibration and what my frequency was telling me. But just the way she asked questions and I had an answer and as if she was pissed because I had an answer and the resume was thorough. I was a Morehouse man and she was finding ways to ex- exclude me versus include me or make the position or her critique of the interview based off what the other two may or may not have said either would have got me the job or or didn't. Needless to say, I didn't get the job, but I came away with something, a weird something, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. And the only other time I had felt it was when I felt it when we was the first group of kids that was bus to Marston Junior High in Claremont, California, just north of San Diego, little community, community just north of San Diego. And this English teacher who happened to be Caucasian, when the black kids would raise their hand, she would never respond to us. But when, when white students raised their hand, she would call on them. And that's the same feeling I got and same vibe I got from this black woman at the, at the Federal Reserve Bank. And I knew I wasn't going to get the job just based on her attitude. Years later, getting my MBA, going into working for Wells Fargo, McMaster Car, opening my own business, and now running gyms and being a personal trainer and an author and a writer and doing this drops and really it's just like my journal. I had a friend who was getting his master's degree in health administration and he was telling me about his frustration as he was interviewing at all these different places. And 
as he was telling me his frustration with these interviews, and this was before COVID, as he was telling me his frustration with these interviews, I would ask him, hey, was any of these individuals, what were the ethnic ethnic background of these individuals who were interviewing you? Well, you know, it'd be one Hispanic lady or it was just this Caucasian lady, but it was the black lady that just gave me the hardest time and it was the most difficult. And I was like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's something I've discussed with my wife. And it was an article that came out a few years back that talked about how there are most of the HR departments are managed and or ran by African-American women. And they had the key, they have the key and the lock to allowing anyone opportunity. But I dare say, I think they blocked the opportunity of black men, particularly heterosexual black men. Because black women have always been comfortable with LGBTQ black men or or gay black men or transgender black men. But I would dare say that there has been heterosexual or black women in these HR departments, in these positions of hiring, and they have blocked opportunities of black men. And one day, I'm going to show it and prove it. Because it happened to me, and it's happened to several of my buddies who have grad, who went to grad school and or law school and or medical school and have these interviews with these individuals that go fine with non-black folks, but as soon as they're interviewed by a black woman, it goes south. I just watched a podcast with T. Hassan Johnson and that topic, that was the main topic and it was refreshing to see that topic. Because it's one of those things that happen within the community that we don't want to talk about. But I'm like Marcus Garvey at this point. And he has a quote. When he was doing his Back to Africa movement, he had this quote that he said, if you are no good here, you'll be no good in Africa. And that's how I'm beginning to feel about certain individuals in in the black community. Not all black women, not all black men, not all black kids, not all black people. But if you're a no good black woman, a no good black man, we don't need you. I don't need you. And you need to be exposed. You need to be exposed for the enemy that you are. We won't go into the Montgomery, Alabama thing because that's that's it's, it has so many layers to it. There's no need for me to add anything to it. It's it's it was historical, philosophical, criminal. actually a damn shame that we still have to deal with certain things in 2023 and to tell you how terrible it is on a 
social psychological level you keep what all take place and you just change the ethnic background of all the participating parties and by changing the ethnic background of all the participating parties it changes the, the dynamics and right and wrong should not matter whether you change if the person is male, female, black or white I will say this that young man that jumped in the water salute and I'll say no more so yes I have talked about 60 since I was 50 (laughs) because like most African American men I should say not most but some of us who grew up in some tough places and been in some tough situations. The goal was 21, made it to 21. Then the goal is 50, made it to 50. Then the goal was 60 and I've made it. And now it's to set some higher goals. Set some more goals. Have hiked through the Sedona Desert, have climbed, hiked and climbed through Mount Rainier. And oddly enough, that's where I find the most peace, on that mountain and in that desert, because there's no drama. Drama drama can't survive <laughs> in 100, 195 to 100-degree arid sun desert Arizona dust and wind and scorpions and coyotes and you gotta wear a mask or a gator and helmets we was on ATVs on all day excursions out in the desert my wife and daughter and I then our Mount Rainier me my son and daughter Me, my son, and my wife, actually. Just before you get to Muir Base Camp, that's where all the, what you call the tourists, the tourists don't even make that far. You're no longer a tourist, you're a hiker now. With your walking poles, your Merrill Hoka hiking boots, your backpack, your first aid kit, your gear, your boot your boat tank, two-way radio, your cell phone, you get you get to a point in the air where you see the planes heading from either Washington or Oregon or wherever they're going and you and you're above the clouds and it's different and and, and the air is different and the thought that just ran through my mind drama can't make it this far drama can't survive up here Drama can't make it up the side of the mountain because they, they ain't in shape. They ain't in good health. They're mentally miserable, miserable, so they're physically miserable. They can't make it that far. So the goal is to find a mountain, build a house on a mountain,
over a billion people on this planet. I don't know how many in the United States. There's some very, very smart people in this world. And I'm afraid the very, very smart people have given up and remain quiet and doing what they need to do to be away from the bullshit. Realizing they can't change not what COVID has done as far as taking deaths and the cardiovascular disease and the lack of not being able to taste food and everything else that has come along with COVID. But what did COVID do to the do do to these people's brain? The Karen, the Craigs, the insensitivity, the lack of patience, the lack of tact, the the hate. Things that have always been here, but like just like it ain't gone from four to ten. just, you know, I made it to 60. The wife made it to 60. She just had her mammogram, came out fantastic. She was a two-time breast cancer survivor, doing fantastic. We take care of her mother. She has dementia. That's a whole nother challenge. But my wife is a godly person, a good person, good daughter and taking care of her mother and me taking care of my wife and our two kids, my two kids in school Micah just graduated from Arizona State Mason to be finishing up in Oregon but having to slow down and stop and take care of her mother versus what most do which is put their elderly family members in some home or some nursing home and just forget about them she's able to prolong her life a bit slow down the clock a bit as well as the grace that comes along with it had she not been here me and the wife probably getting ready for retirement working stacking chips making money traveling spending money you know, who knows? I'll probably be in my Cobra by now. I don't know if I would be still training, you know. But made it to 60. As a creative, NBA, Six Sigma, Morehouse man, married, married 27 years, father, in fantastic shape, knock on wood. And we'll see what this next year will bring. I'm no longer on the calendar year. I'm on my birthday year. And this being September 2nd, 
10 days removed from my 60th birthday. I'm on a new countdown to 61. Let's see what I can accomplish up until then. As usual, still got heroes and kings. And that's king with a Z dot world. Heroes and kings dot com. We still got the merch. Uh, down the line, we'll be doing some stuff for Glenn's word. But Heroes and Kings and HK Next Level Training is my personal training, mentoring, coaching. And my, our, I said my, is always my, me and the kids. And we got in a couple of sales assistants. And we're ready to do some big marketing thing and hopefully here, get out and speak. Um, Today was just really just a, a gratitude and thankful to be here 60 years and 12 days and just know that we got to do better. America has to do better. Individuals have to do better and realize we, got some, we have some individuals, black, white, male, female, gay, straight. They are useless, worthless, and if they are no good here, they'll be no good in heaven. They're not even going to make it. So, this is Glenn Andrews, Heroes and Kings, Glenn's Word, hit that number 60, I cracked the code. Know what it takes, standing ten toes down. Out.